Weekdays, five hot takes. Yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. I mean, I'm sorry to curse, but heck yeah. You know, guys, uh, it's me, Dave. Listen, I am excited you guys are here. I'm excited you're tuning in one more time to Dave's Five Hunt Takes in the morning and even in the evening time. I just went with that and I followed it. And guys, that's what happens when you follow your hearts. Hearts. <laughs> For those of us who have two hearts. And don't we have two hearts? Sometimes I know sometimes I want something and I don't want something at the same time. I digress. This episode is a little bit different for Dave's Five Hot Takes. Um, I just released a new album. Just released that thing. Depending on when you're listening to this. If you're listening to it in 2027, that record has been out for a minute. But if you're listening to it in late 2023, it has just come out. It's called Featherbrained Wealth Motel, and I am so excited about it. So I thought it'd be fun to maybe talk about it here on Dave's Five Five. Wow. <laughs> Who named this? <laughs> Dave's Five Hot Takes, because you guys, if you're listening to this, you love music, and and I made this record, as you'll hear me talking about here in a minute, for people who love music. So, my dear friend, one of my best friends in the world, who I love and respect so much uh, musically and just personally, Mr. Matt Wirtz, sat down, and we chatted about this record. He came in, he has a podcast called The Curiosity Habit that's one of my favorite podcasts. It's been dormant for a while, but Matt just is a incredible conversationalist and um, asks great questions. He's one of my, um, he's taught me a lot about how to ask questions. He's just really inquisitive, wonderful, thoughtful guy. So we sat and talked about the record. So that is what this episode is. It's a little selfish, I know, but I thought, hey, if you like me and you like my thoughts about music, how about my thoughts on my music? <laughs> that is maybe the most selfish thing ever. That's not the most selfish thing I've said there's going to be more selfish things I'll probably say during the episode. Anyway, Matt just asks a lot of great questions and we talk in detail about the record. And I think the reason that I wanted to do a podcast, especially on this record, is because I've never made a more musical record with more intent and thought behind it. If you've heard me talk at all about this record, it was written after I listened to just the Beatles for all of 2022. And this is kind of um, the album that resulted from uh, that sort of experiment. And uh, it was really fun. And so I'm excited for you guys to hear this chat with Matt. Oh, man, that's what a great podcast. I would chat with Matt um, as we talk about the record and other various other things, but mainly the record. So uh, here's the conversation. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoy. We're talking about your new record. We are. Which we is are. so good. I hope man. we are. I'm not prepared for anything else. <laughs> <laughs> um, first of all, we have to talk about the title. And I and I know that um, I, I almost didn't ask you about the title, yeah. Featherbrained Wealth Motel. Yeah. Um, because I feel like it's one of those things that like I don't I I don't know that I want to know yeah. what it means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I don't yeah. know that you'll want people to know yeah. what it means. Yeah. But um but I just want to acknowledge that it's a cool title. Yeah. It's so uh, whimsical and weird. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm just <laughs> like, is there w's. anything that you would like to say about it? You know, th- that's really well. I'm, I'm. Thanks for wanting to talk about this, by the way. I was thrilled that you wanted to. Um, so one of the things that I thought a lot about with this album was I wanted to really do the whole thing beginning to end. I wanted it to be thought about. I wanted to be so intentional from the songs, the sounds, the players, the you know, the um song titles, the whatever. And I kind of realized as I was getting toward the end of the record, I was like, I don't know what we're going to I'm going to call it yet. You know what I mean? I was like it, and then I was like, okay, well if I'm really being intentional because there were titles in the lyrics and you know how it is. Like you you're kind of right. spelunking like, "Oh, that's kind of a cool little line. That yep. could be a cool album title." Yep. 
But I was like, no, 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 no. That's not, that's not how I need to do this. And so I was like, I need something that is really jarring, that feels like appropriate to the album, appropriate to the way I approach writing the songs and making the record. I wanted to sort of bring the same kind of methodology to the album title. And so then it was just this weird thing of like, okay, how in the world am I going to find a title that feels appropriate to that? And so I'm not going to give that away. But I will say, because that's maybe, you know, I'm trying to think of how I want to sort of reveal that if, it, if mm-hmm. I even do, because I, I love that it's just so weird. Yep. But it what there was so much intent behind, oh man, that feels so weird. It feels so like... um because the thing is, I mean, you know this, Matt. It's like with your new record. Like when you put out all the records that we have over all the time we have, the thing that I didn't want to do was put out a record that people felt like, yeah, yeah, this is like I'm kind of used to these covers. I'm kind of used to the titles and how it looks and, you know, like, yes. yeah, like the packaging, even just the packaging. Like, yeah, this is like Dave's vibe. It's awesome. And, right. and I know it. And, and so then I'm going to sit listening sort of like in that posture. Like right. it's going to be more Dave Barnes songs that are probably good or whatever. Right. I wanted it to be like, no, no, no. Like different new. Yeah. You see the scene first change. interaction you have with this yep. is going to be like, what the heck is this? Yeah. And so then you're already like, I'm listening to it differently than I would have been you know, something that I'm like a little more used to in the branding yep. across all the records or whatever. Yeah. So the, the, all of the visuals have been amazing. Matt I mean, Lehman. Matt Lehman, uh, yeah. And, and that was a thing I'm like, when, when the first single came out, Sunshine, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, oh yeah, this is awesome. Well, you, I mean, I, you taught me so much about that, honestly, because I feel like when we met, as much as I loved music, I, I had, I didn't, you know, I hadn't given really thought to how things should look like yeah. from t-shirts to remember even you were helping me get my eight by tens together. You designed my first t-shirts. Like I have a huge love and appreciation of it, but it's not, that was not, especially at that time, any part of my uh, thinking pattern. Yeah, sure. You know, it was like, yep. let's just get the music tight and yep. good and then let's put it out. Yep. And I didn't want it to look bad, but, but you know, you really were such a seminal part of me going, Oh, I should really. This is another part of making the record. It's it's as important. I I would maybe the most initially the most important thing because to me it's the first interaction you have with music, and it sets up whether you know it or not. Even in listeners that are listening to this, I wonder if you stop long enough to go like, oh man, I guess that's kind of true. Because like you think of any album you love, I don't care what it is, whatever it is, something about when you saw that record told your brain. Oh, this is, they're sort of trying to tell me something about what I'm about to experience, you know? Especially like when, you know, the, like it's out, like the image, the album cover is, Mm -hmm. is doing, is out there representing you, representing the the music, um, without any, there's no, there's no music associated with it. It's just, it's just the image. So like, is the image compelling? Is it, is it inviting, is it inviting people? Yeah in mm-hmm. and um i think that it's very important and uh i think that like you just uh matt layman nailed uh, it you made a right so choice in trusting him because i know that it's hard to i know that it's hard to um trust somebody else with yeah. you know because you did this record you 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 wrote and produced this record all by yourself mm-hmm. um which did are there any co-writes on this record? No co-writes yeah, on this record, yeah, yeah, no. and you produced it yourself. Um, the only thing that you didn't do, you didn't play all the instruments, right? And you didn't mix it, right? 
um, and you didn't design right, the album cover. Right, right. Um, so yeah, it's so everything that you do invite someone into mm-hmm. is like it's hard to do. Yeah, and I mean, it, I trust Matt. I mean, Matt has designed so much stuff for both of us, but I think he has designed ninety percent of my albums. Um, a lot of my shirts back in the day. I mean, I trust him literally intrinsically. Yep. It's it's almost bad for me how much I just know he's amazing at what he does. He's always and you know, whatever designs he always sends initially, it's usually one of those. Yep. Like it's rarely been but it was fun so it was fun hiring him because I sent him like and you know, these days Pinterest is so helpful because you can really create such helpful mood boards. Oh yeah. Because he was kinda like, I think I'm in because he was trying to figure out time and logistics, but he's like, it would be so helpful if you could sort of, because 60s design is wonderful and all over the place. So it's fun for me because I was like, I don't know what I mean, actually. Let me right. sort of try to figure that out. Right. And so um, he just, I mean, again, it's like, he sent the first designs over and I was like, it's one of these. Like, we need to tweak it, but it's absolutely one that's of these. That's so you know? great. And, and to your point, it, but that stuff always has mattered so much to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you were helpful in showing me how to do that better and how to think about it. And then from then, it was kind of like, oh yeah, this, I really want, it, it, there's nothing that grieves me more, I'm being somewhat facetious, when I hear like a really great record and then you see the album design and the packaging and it's just really bad. I know. Because it's like, you guys got so close and then just like tripped on the five. <laughs> I know, <laughs> you know I know. Like, and granted these days, I mean, you know, this is where I feel like a dinosaur, but you know, the, the album covers are now thumbnails, so it's not quite as important, but it still matters to me. I know. I can't shake it. I know, it matters to me too. Um, okay, so what, so the 60s design was kind of, I mean, we haven't said it yet, but you've said it on social media, but like this record was a, uh, your North Star was the Beatles catalog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, What was it that drew you to them? And also, like, why now? Yeah, that's great questions. Um, one, Annie gave me those books, the um, Paul McCartney's, I can't, is it called A Life and Lyric? Or no, that's a podcast. Um, whatever that's called. The, the, yeah, like double the, the lyrics. Or, yeah, yeah. The lyrics, yeah, that's the lyrics, it, the lyrics. Yeah. Um, for Christmas 2021, and um, so, of course, you know, the next few days after Christmas, I was just reading them all, and I realized, one, I didn't know a lot of the songs, uh-huh. so I was like, I think I know maybe this one, I don't, whatever, um, and then I came back here in the studio to clean over the beginning of um, January 1st, I think, I was just like, I'm just going to go, you know, got nothing to do, or I was hanging around the house, I was like, I'm just going to get back and kind of get the studio cleaned up, and while I was doing that, I was like, I'm just going to play the Beatles stuff. Like, I'd love to know more of these songs, you know, just so when I'm reading the lyrics or the stories about them, I can have a little more reference point. So I started literally at the very first record and kind of as the day went on, I just kept playing them. I was like, let's just keep going. And then I would find myself going like, that is musically fascinating because there were songs that I thought I knew, but you know, I mean, like you and you've been doing, we do them for 20 plus years. You listen differently. You know what I mean? It's like from your 18, 19, 15 year old self, especially, you know, when you heard, uh, strawberry fields forever, you're like, yeah, it's cool. But now, you know, it's like when you've written as many songs we have, you just listen different. You're like, that's an interesting thing. Yeah. Why did they do that? And yep. so I found myself, I, would, I kept stopping cleaning and coming over and grabbing my guitar and trying to figure out what was going on. And it was just like, all of a sudden I was like, oh boy. Okay. This is January 1, 2022? 2022. Okay. And so um, ordered the chord book 
and over and that, of course came in a couple of days later. And so all in that kind of first couple of weeks, I just found myself referencing all these things and just felt like I didn't know this about them. Yeah. I mean, I think I knew it at a maybe an emotional level, or just right. kind of like I just know when I hear, you know, good day sunshine, I get happy. Yep. I didn't realize that some of why I get happy is because there's scene changes and key changes and they're manipulating my moods by what they're doing musically. Here's my question. Did did they know what they were doing musically or were they were they just free and they, and yeah. they were just free creatively and they, and they were just following like whatever felt good. You know, I, from from what I've read and listened to which man that whole so that whole year that's what I did. I just I only to finish that thought because this is a great question. I so that's what I did. I was like, I'm just going to take the whole year and just listen to the Beatles. Read, you know, tons of books. Without you didn't podcasts. write any. You weren't writing no, I, anything. I started writing pretty quickly because I was like, okay. I want to. I could feel it. It was just like yep. gathering. You're inspired. Yeah, yeah. The, yep. t- the tidal wave was just like <laughs> cresting, and I was like, I need to get this out. But what I found from because I was that was the first one of the first things I was curious about. I was like, oh, have I sort of slept on these guys and what they knew about what they were doing? It feels like to me, from what I've gathered, it kind of feels like. Lennon probably knew the least of those two. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know how much he cared about that stuff. And so I think a lot of his really is kind of just like, I mean, and you, you know what you're doing because you're doing it. But I mean, as far as like, do I know that this key should not go with this key or whatever? I don't know. I think Paul knew. I, I, I laugh. I think he knows more than he lets on sometimes. Okay. Because um, I think he he just loves being an artist and being creative. Uh-huh. Uh, but he definitely, I mean, he had taken piano lessons. Um, he actually went back. I I think I just heard an interview. He actually went back and took more after the Beatles were like popping off. Mm-hmm. So he had a he wanted to know if nothing else you know from that is that he had an interest in going. How can I get better at this and learn more? Right. So you know, I think there's a little cheekiness to him being like, I just create and I don't care because you know, and he can articulate that if you watch the. Rick Rubin documentary with him. I mean, he he can tell you what's happening. I yeah, mean, he's not like. Now, do I think he's like a music theorist? No. Okay. So I do think the majority of what they're doing was, and lastly, that ten thousand hours they spent doing the when they were in Germany, right? You know, yeah. Before they really became the Beatles and Ringo joined, or I guess Ringo maybe joined that period, but you know, they're, they're playing hour four or five hour sets a night of cover songs. Yep. And so. Whether you know it or not, you're you're, you're learning. playing hits every night. Right, and you're going. Oh man, Chuck Berry does this change that's really cool, and now that's in your brain and under your fingers. Right. It's like so. I do think that you know that's not talked about enough for them with them, in my opinion, is how that just. I mean, anybody that does any of their craft, whatever your profession is, can you imagine having an incubator like that? Where you're doing something so much at that age, you know, because you're 18, 17, 18. You're just soaking it all. And you're just soaking it all. Yeah. So whether you know it or not, you're like, oh, you're going to school on going like to, yeah. on on just like hit records. That's right. Um, this is the second time, at least that is obvious to me that you, uh, in in your catalog, that you have like taken on a. Temp, like a musical template yeah, that you yeah. were following. Yeah, yeah. The first one being Carry yeah. On, Sam Vicente. Yeah, yeah, um, And now Featherbrain Wealth Motel. What is like emulating a style or um, or a band do for your creative process? Yeah, man. This is why I'm so... You're so good at this. Um, shout out to Curiosity. Um, Curiosity, I have it. Yeah. Um, I think... I think for me, like with the Eagles, th- well, let me say this first. 
I think like you, I think this is something we're both like, I am such a respecter of tr- the songwriting tradition. I know you're the same. Like we love those books. You know, yep. we could watch those movies and the books and all they've ever. I'm always, I will, I will always give flowers to those who I respect. Like yep. I'm not the guy that's like, I'm coming for your throne. Like right. you think you're good. Watch this stuff. I, I'm not that guy. Right. I am much more like, I want to sit and just hear you talk about what you've done or yep. just tell you how great you are. Yep. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm a big, like give respect where respect is due. And so I think some of it is just a love of what those people do and kind of going like, man, I'd love to figure out what they're doing. I also think I do that all the time anyway. I think we all kind of do, even if it's just a song at a time, yep. it may not be a record, but like if I hear a great John Mayer song, I'm like, Oh, I want to write a song like that. That's kind of cool. Uh-huh. Or I've never heard the progression like that or whatever. You know, and that can be a song, artist saying no, but it just pops up on Spotify. And I'm like, oh, that vibe's cool. Yep. So I think we're all kind of doing that on micro levels, totally. song to song. Yep. But, you know, when you're doing it record to record, obviously, to your point, it's a very different thing. Um, I think for me, the Eagles thing was kind of like, I just haven't ever, to me, I think one of their superpowers is, and it's not all simple, but the simplicity of it. It's just guys strumming acoustic guitars and some of the stuff is wildly complicated, but for the most part, it's pretty straight ahead. You know, you think about take it easy. I mean, that's what kid in the seventies and eighties didn't grow up learning how to play acoustic to that song. Right. So, you know, it's very, it's very easy to onboard. Yep. So for me, that record was kind of like, how can I just condense what I do into something that's very straight ahead and I'm not overthinking as I write these, but, but there's a tableau I'm trying to kind of follow of like maybe a little Western vibes Uh and the way it sounds and stuff. Um, and then I think with this one, obviously with the, it was the Beatles and what they're doing. I think the reason that I like it is because I've got enough in me. That's like, I like having a, I I like know what I'm trying to do. It just, it helps me so much. It's a, it's a uh, it's putting some limitations yes. on like because like there's a, there's a there's a million colors that you can paint with every day it and now moment. you're like okay yeah. I'm actually just gonna choose these colors yeah and that's yeah okay now I know what I'm which doing. is funny because because to some degree it was it was honestly opposite methodology so the Eagles it was con- it was bringing it in like you know like I, I like a lot of chords I like all that stuff and I was like no no I, let, let's just three chords and let's end the song mm-hmm. so it was like can I do that what happens when I do that and that's that's probably the answer to your question honestly Matt it's like what happens when my brain tries to do what they're doing yeah like I'm just it's a test lab so I think with the Eagles that with the Beatles it was the opposite it was like oh you can there's unlimited amount of colors you can do whatever do you want do whatever you want to do yep. and I had never written like that either so yep. it was like well, what happens if I don't basically tell myself no? Right. And you just kind of follow your whims into oblivion. And so I think, you know, that's why there's those so fun. I think too, you know, it's funny. I, I was, I had this thought this morning. I was listening to Prince, <laughs> Diamonds and Pearls. Shout out to Prince, uh, RIP. <laughs> but um, I was thinking if there's a live version that um, McKittrick sent me. And um, it is the craziest, it's the weirdest, it's amazing. But they're the weirdest chord changes and half half um, step moves he does. And it's just really fascinating. It's, mm. it's just, it's like a five or six minute version of Diamonds and Pearls, which I think is probably maybe my favorite Prince song, that in the morning papers. But um, but I thought to myself, I literally set it into my phone because I, like, I need to not forget this. I was like, Prince 
was able to do all of the weird, amazing stuff because he listened to things that opened his brain to those possibilities, right? Mm-hmm. Like if, if, if all he did was listen to stuff that was natural to him or was um, down the middle, he never would do what he did in his career because right. it's got to be stretched and pulled. Yep. And, I, and so the revelation I had to myself was like, that I was trying to remember was, you know, that's why listening to stuff that's way out there and not like, and it could be that, I don't like the Beatles for me. It's, I mean, they're, they're out there, but they're not that, but for me, it was like so wide open because yep. it yep. was just such different methodology. Yep. And so I think that's the important, and that's why I love it as a practice is because you're just adding more th- options. You're adding yeah. more colors to your Crayola box. Yep. And, and it may not even, like I, I was thinking to myself, there's no way all the stuff that Prince loved was nearly as successful as he was. But it absolutely added to why he was successful. Say that again. Like all the stuff that he listened was not as successful. I guarantee if if you sat with Prince and he was still alive and he listed, and I'm sure somewhere he has, like, here are all the bands I liked. There were no there was no, no way of they were successful, but they right. were absolutely a part of why he was successful. Yes. You know, and, and more successful. And so I think that's why it's fun too. Is it's just fun chucking stuff in my brain that yep. suddenly goes like Oh, I never would have thought to do that. Yes. You know. Was there a song that you wrote that like that you when you set, when you sat down on this path to write this record that like um Oh, wait, hold on a second. Oh, that's a good question. I think you might have answered this, but did you set an intention to do this before you wrote a song or did you start writing a few songs and you're like I'm gonna do a whole dang record like this I gotta remember I think it was that second I think I was more like oh I'm kind of having fun with this and then I think the more that I spelunked that catalog Uh I was like this is inexhaustible like I could do five records and still go back to their catalog and find more songs that I'm like that makes me want to write another song you know? I have a question that I plan on asking later, but I think it works really well now. What are you taking from this? Like are, it, this process? Yeah, that's as great. you go and you make the next, you write the next Dave Barnes record. Yeah. What it, What are the things that are like? Is there anything that's like in your in your quiver now or in your backpack that oh, you're dude. like this is um, and slash. Yeah. As you've been writing songs, co-writing for with other people, has anything that you have learned from studying the Beatles been? Have, do you apply it? Yeah. In like normal songwriting. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I mean, honestly, it feels like a whole new quiver. At the risk of sounding ridiculous, it literally feels like my brain has been remapped mm. creatively, and, and not in a way like I think anybody who's liked my music. I don't mean to scare them and be like, oh god what are we in for? It's Mm -hmm. not that like, I I still love what I do naturally, but I think it's just this feeling of, it's probably a few things. I would say one, how do you say the most creative thing you can say in a very creative way while still making it soluble? People can still digest it. It's not so weird that everybody's kind of going, that's the superpower of the Beatles is that you could write, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds and have my seven-year-old sing in the car. Right. That's And what is happening quarterly is really intense. Mm. He loves it. I love it. We're both singing it 40 years apart. Yep. Enjoying it just the same. Yep. That is a superpower. So yep. I think that was one is going, okay, 
don't be you can be weird for weird sake. You can do whatever you want. But if if one of the things that I feel like they helped me understand was like you can be really weird and cool and actually still super approachable. It yeah, doesn't have yeah. to just be living in its own little weird island over there. Like there's ways to pull this in yep. so that people still sing the chorus every time. Yes. You know, and still be very musically adventurous. And I think that's one I think too, they just do not take themselves seriously. I mean, they have moments of levity for sure, but globally, something that I think people really sleep on with them is that they were having fun all... I mean, it got hard later. Sure. But if you look at what they're trying to accomplish, they're trying to have fun. They're trying to be whimsical and weird, and there's no record where they're not doing that. None. Even let it be at the end where it was falling apart. You hear them joking on the mic. I mean, you watch that special, they're still goofing off. Like, there's not really a point with them where they were ever like, we are artists. So was the process for you... That I mean, the most was fun. it so fun? Oh my gosh! Because it's just free. It's yeah. just like, and I think that's maybe the biggest takeaway was like, this is supposed to be fun. And I mean, you can write wonderfully profound, heavy things. That's not the point. But just like, if it's not bringing you joy, if you're not feeling like you're expressing some part of yourself, right. like it's worth thinking about it again. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and I think too, this is a fascinating microcosm of their world to me that I think is a really big takeaway. They lived in their own little bubble in a way that fascinates me as much as anything about them does. And what I mean by that is this. If you think about the music that was coming out in the late 60s, because rock, I mean, pop music and rock and roll really started, I would argue, with them. I mean, that's a hot take. But if you watch music that happens after that, they sort of invented a few genres, including like heavy metal and, you know, like, yep. they sort of started a lot of things. So, so. And you can trace so much of that music kind of back to them. The thing that's fascinating about me, though, is that I can only imagine if you're a human that when Led Zeppelin comes out and they're still a band, and the Beatles are still a band at this point, and they hear the first Led Zeppelin tune, I think I would have been the guy that's like, guys, have y'all heard this? It is amazing. And I'd be like, we should do something like that, right? I mean, that kind of feels like where things are going. Or uh-huh. Blood, Sweat, and Tears, which came out around then. Like horn music that's kind of funky and rock and roll. It's like, oh man, should we do something like that? It's mm-hmm. a, Creedence Clearwater is popping off around the 69, 70. Like there's so much music that start, that's literally genre bending new music mm-hmm. that if it were me, I'd have been like, oh man, we need to, you know. They're like Rocky Raccoon. Yeah. We're putting, you know, happiness is a warm gun. That's yep. that's what we do. And I think I would have been like, that is a cool... Are you listening to what's happening yeah, right they, now? Yeah, they, they just were insulated and didn't... They weren't trying no. to like and be with the times. They're just looking across the four of them and going, do you think that's cool? And they're like, yep. And they're like, that is all that I need is for you to say it's cool and we'll record it. That's Because amazing. you are the alpha to me of what matters, be it Lennon, Ringo, Paul, yep. jo- George, any of yep. You can feel it. They're just like... We're not trying. That's not what we're doing. Yep. I want to see that it amuses each of us, uh-huh. and mainly myself. And then we're going to record it, right? You know, or George Martin likes it. It's it just wasn't. And so that to me, that kind of confidence and bravery is so um, fascinating and empowering. It's like they just really believed in themselves enough to be like this. We think in thirty years this is going to be great, and it is. You know, it's like even in, yep. in even at the time where you can I mean, can you imagine John Paul Jones hearing that record and hearing, you know, like, uh, why don't we do it in the road or something where, you know, it's like obviously really cool, but it's like, you know, he's over there, right? Led Zeppelin is putting down, or Hendrix. Yeah. And yet somehow 
Paul's like, oh, we should do, you know, who knows how long I've loved you. I mean, that is, to me, like, unbelievable bravery in a weird way. Did, were you, like, they had each other it, to, to create with. Mm. Were you, were there any points in your process where you're like, I'm by myself. <laughs> I don't have yeah. a counterpart. Like, yeah. was there any parts that you like, I mean, you know, their whole thing was this kind of like checks and balances yeah. and like this, t- the, yeah. the, the, um, the tension of like trying to mm-hmm. top each other yeah. or whatever. Like what, yeah. th- th- were you ever aware that like, I'm doing this kind of in a vacuum and yeah. they were doing this like kind of in this little community. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I think, I, I think the cheat code that I have that they didn't when they were 22 is that I'm 45. I was 44 when I made this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there's experience there. Like I, I and, and I think, you know, some of it is just like, I trust myself cause I've done it for a while. So right. it's kind of like, I think this is, but I mean, you know, I sent, I sent the songs eventually to you and Ed yep. and John and Ransom and, so there was definitely a moment where I was like, okay, I need some proof checking here. Yep. Like, help me out. I mean, you were hugely helpful on I Don't Like Sleeping Without You. I mean, I remember yep. you saying, hey, this part of the song, I don't feel – and I changed it. You yep. know, like – so I think for me, one thing I was like is like, I want to get as far as I can with this before I start inviting too much because I just want to see, how, again, how far I can go. Right. And But I do need some ears on this, like desperately. Yep. And yep. so I think y'all were really helpful because – you know, there was some really great feedback. Dustin, especially, shout out to Dustin Ransom. Dustin was kind of my Sherpa this whole time because he's he knows the Beatles better than anybody I know. And so there were times where I'd send him songs and I'd be like, hey, thoughts? And and he, he's so encouraging anyway. But he was really helpful. He was kind of the one person that intermittently I would kind of be like, hey, is this crazy or like is this is this is right right and and you know there'd be times where he was like ah you know it's a little overbaked or maybe a too too many chords or whatever but like other than that I was just really I wanted to get as far as I could on my own just for the sake of like let's just see what happens if I just sort of take my hands yeah off the steering wheel a little bit you know? yep did did every song have a reference song or yeah okay yeah so so you could like there could be a mic a playlist that is. Will that ever be? I don't know. Will you ever put that this out? This is embarrassing. I don't remember some of them, some of some okay. of them, because they iterated so far. Yeah, you know, like, but absolutely. I mean, they're, they're, they're and that's the joy. Like, I don't know if this is good or bad or either, but there's nothing I love more than going. That is the exact target. Like right. that is it. Right. So as I'm sitting down today, the way that song works and makes me feel is absolutely the reference point. Right. And so then, and that's why I think it's it's sort of inexhaustible, this inspiration, because one, they have so many songs, but two, there's so many different, like... Eras. There's so many different eras. Yeah. And, 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 Shout out to Taylor Swift. Yeah. Eras tour. <laughs> um, so, so I think, you know, oh, a thousand percent. Like, they, they were... They were that's what the fun of every day of writing it was, was me going, okay, I haven't swung at Let It Be what happens if I swing it, let it be? Like, where does that land? What are they doing? Why does it make me feel that way? What are things that are unique about that song? Oh, that's interesting. Okay, can mm. I do that in a song? And so thankfully, none of them sound like those songs, but right. but the but the sort of methodology is there. You know? were, were there are there any moments that you, that stand out to you from the writing process that were like, that are burned in your memory of just like joy of like, getting something to work 
or like when a lyric came or yeah. something or that you're willing to like yeah, that, share? So, so there's a few. Again, these are such you're such a good question asker. You always have been. Um, wh- one of my favorite moments of the record I was recording. Remember when? Um, and which is the title or the first track? Uh, which I which I love. It's the best. It's such a great opening. Yeah, song. thanks. And and the interesting thing too is like I get like Cheryl Crow mm-hmm. and Lenny Kravitz vibes too, which makes me second think think again on like oh maybe they were referencing mm-hmm. the Beatles, mm-hmm. which they probably yeah. were. But like it feels it feels mm-hmm. a little like oh this could have been on yeah, um, for sure Cheryl's like. I mean, maybe on Tuesday night music club. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. um, definitely that record and like the next two to me. Yeah, like the self title. Did you re- did you realize that? When oh you- yeah, okay. yeah. And it was funny though, but it was like a month after. I was like, oh god, this. I, and literally those two were the things that I thought. Kravitz, both of them. No way. Absolutely, dude. But it was funny because it was like after. It was like I'd put everything down and I was like, oh, this is making me feel like either Joe Crow or Lenny Kravitz. The thing about that that's Beatles to me though was. Um, for that song especially was, you know, the Beatles have so much more dominant seven songs. You think about like Tax Man or, you know, there's like a lot of stuff on Rubber Soul and um, uh, uh, Revolver that uh-huh. kind of have that like blues rock kind of thing. Yep. So that was one. Two, I just loved like, um, I actually used the drums. I mean, we re-recorded them. Fred played different drums. But I wrote that song to Sgt. Pepper, Lonely Heart Scub band's drums samples sample oh yeah. no way so so that was fun too and then the ending where it kind of does like the musical yeah thing was fun um but that was one where i remember i was playing bass to that and tony lucido later recut the that same part but i was having so much fun like i remember sitting right here and i just stopped and i just started yelling <laughs> That is I was great. Like, I just in a moment I sort of said a prayer. I'm just like, Lord, this is so uh, much freaking fun. That's great. That was that was a really fun one. I mean, you you were uh, was it um, on on I don't like sleeping without you. I originally played on a on a um, on the um, rubber net rubber uh, rubber bridge rubber bridge. Yep. And um and it just was not happening. It was kind of cool. And 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 um, Micah talks who mixed it. You know, produced your record last record. Um. He sent it back, and I was like, ah, and I was like, I just feel like it's missing something. And so what I did instead is I took a normal acoustic and capoed it all the way to oblivion, really high on the neck, and then played it that way. And it was like the minute I did that, I was like, that's it, that's it. Wow. Because then it sounded like a little more, even though it's not modeled after that song, it sounded so much more like Here Comes the Sun and how those acoustics sounded. Yep. So it was like the minute I started playing it that high, I felt that, oh, there it is. And oh, so like amazing. that was a really fun moment. Um, I mean, Someday This Will All Make Sense was magical that way because my demo of it which i think i'll probably release at some point is like me and guitar and it's synths and it's kind of moody and cool yeah but i knew i wanted a song that was like eleanor rigby and so in in just the, again the methodology in the instrumentation so going to shives and going hey this is kind of my vision for it and we initially we did kind of an afternoon and you know we're kind of chasing it down and I got in the car that afternoon. And I was like, that's, "We're not. That's not it." It's like he was, you know, he was just doing everything I was telling, asking him to do. As far as like, what would you do here? And, the, and so the next morning, driving back, we had another whole day to to do it. And I was like, to to write the parts. Yep. And I sat down. I was like, or on the drive, I was like, I want to listen to El- Eleanor Rigby again because I'm I need a reference point. Yeah. So I got there and I told Ben, I was like, I know it's wrong. And he was like, What? I was like. 
Eleanor Rigby is so much simpler than you think it is string-wise. And every time they're playing, it's kind of a hook. And I was like, we just got to dumb this thing down to that level. Got like, it. Not dumb. The parts are insane. But just like, let's. what is the one melody? Then it's another melody. Then it's another melody. And, and, and then, it, like, the end of that day, I was like... We have knocked this out of the park. Wow. But it was just like th- those, there was, there was a few of those moments, you know, uh, sunshine with the big changes. Din, 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 din. It was like, there were just a lot of moments. Cause I think for me, that feeling was discovery. Uh-huh. It was like, I've never done that before. Yes. Like, this is so much fun. Like, I've yes. never thought, what can you do? You know, the changes in both Haley and in um, Miss Deconstruction. But, you know, just all those things that were like, oh, that's fun. So there's just so much joy in the record. There's just so much like sitting in this chair right here and going, holy cow, that kind of works. Yes. You know what I mean? And so it felt, that's why I've, I've told people, it really, it's it's the most fun I probably had making records since those first two because it felt like I was 18 again. Yeah, it was it, all brand new. It was all brand new. It was like discovering something, you know? The the musical um, intro to Stars Over London, mm-hmm. Stars of London, did you... Was that Shive? Did did you write that? I wrote that. Yeah, dude, that is unbelievable. Thank you. That means a lot. It is unbelievable. That it feels so like I want that to last for twenty minutes. Yeah, or, you know, it's yeah. it's like, but it's also like, oh man, it's so perfect that that song is as short as it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, tell me about we, that. So we went to London for Christmas last year, and I kind of knew I was like. Okay, I, I'm I'm here. I'm I'm in the I'm in the I'm in the place, you know. Yep. So, I was like, I wonder if I wonder if I could write while I was here. And we had some dear friends, um, shout out to Blake, that let us stay in their place in London. They were they were in the states, and it was awesome. And he had a guitar, and so I kind of knew I was like, yeah, we're there for eleven days. Yeah, um, there's gonna be a moment that I can sort of maybe try to. It'd just be fun for this. If I just thought for nothing else in the story to write something while I'm here. Yeah, right. You know. Yep. Obviously, and it being the record, the Beatles stuff. So we had been out. We had seen some musicals. We saw Mary Poppins. We saw. And this afternoon, I was walking around, and and I just had that melody in my head. So I sang it into the thing, and I remember thinking like, that. What am I ever going to use that for? Yeah. But saying the whole thing on the phone, and oh. and I kept kind of adding to it, like as I was walking. How cool! And so I was like, well, that was fun, but I, I sort of was like, that's a bummer. Like that's a musical song. What am I ever going to do with that? Yeah. But then I was like, whatever. So then I got to the part. I got to our place one night, and everybody had gone to sleep, and they had this beautiful moonroof um, above the bathroom, or moon sun. You know, it's clear. Like a window. Oh, oh, uh, what is skylight. That? Skylight. There it is. And the moon was there, and I could see the stars. Whoa! And I was like, man. And I, I, I was like, stars over London. Look at that. And I was like, oh boy. Uh oh. And so I kind of sprinted downstairs and grabbed the guitar, and I was like, okay, what happens now? And so I wrote. I actually wrote this whole song called Stars Over London, and it had that stars over London. Do you do? Okay, then, so you you used the like. You used the melody that you had recorded into the no, phone. No, no, that was just living out oh, okay, there. Okay, okay, okay. So I wrote that song called Stars of London, and, and the Stars of London was the verse of it. And then it had this whole chorus that was really cool and weird. But I was like, oh, man, I really loved it. I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like, I wrote something. I think I'm going to use that, too. It's, it'd be a cool way to – because I was thinking about, um, is it Good Night, the Beatles song that's the end of – is it the White Album? 
I could be wrong. Uh, but it's it's Ringo singing this lullaby. And I was like, oh, they do that. I should do that. It'd cool. be cool to end the record. So um, I'm driving to Shives one day and because we're going to work on what I thought was going to be that 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 song I'd written. Is I'm in a, but I'm as I'm getting there, I'm like, that's not enough. Because I didn't like the chorus of it. I was like, eh, the chorus doesn't work. It's too weird. But I was like, I love that Stars Over London. And I was like, wait a second. And so I pull up the thing and I heard the dun, 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 and I was like, oh my gosh, that's it. So I sat with Shav and I was like, hey, we're going to do this little amalgam of these two things I've written. Just kind of help me make them work. And so, you know, he did his magic and, and arranged it and everything. But it was such a, because I was like, I just love that it was something that actually happened there. Wow. Where they made their music. And then, but, but I think, I think some was, you know, Paul had such an, and still does have such an affinity for those kind of Broadway kind of shows yeah. or, or West End, you know, and, uh, and then they had done it, you know, with, with Good Night. And so I was like, well, it'd be fun to do that. That'd be a nice little hat tip to them. Yep. Uh, and it's just so musical and weird and cool. And so I was like, feels right. Did you get any other songs while you're there? I think I got like half of another one. Okay. Um, I can. I, was Sunshine written there? No. No. Okay. No. Those but that was those. a late. That was a late comer, right? Mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. I thought. I, I I remember it being, um, not on the original right. Uh, right. list of songs that you. That sent. was one. That was one that like, you know, I, I do this thing where I'll kind of go through old ideas toward the end of writing records. Yep. Where I'm like, if I skipped anything, and I had that dun 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 to that guitar part, and I remember thinking like, oh why did I not write this? Yeah. And then I think the first thing I sang was sunshine and it was like, Oh, that's cool. And so it was definitely like an add on to the end. Cool. Um, that was something that was fun about this too, is like so much of the Beatles stuff is so positive. Yeah. It's not all, but a lot of it is. Yeah. And I was like, it'd be fun to have, I, I lyrically, I want this record to be like uplifting. That, that core be. or that verse, which is so, so cool is that verse is like a chorus, you know? <laughs> Um, and I'm like, that is so, that is so, um, sinky, you know, it's like, that's, that is a, you know, Cheerios commercial or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Were there any songs on the record that like have more personal meaning to you than others? Yeah. That's a great question. Um, I think someday this all makes sense. It's definitely like very near and dear just kind of what it's talking about and you know means a lot to me um what would you how would you sum up what that song is well it's kind of a true story um you know obviously not about us but and 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 so um and i'm just really proud of it i I really like i I feel like you know that feeling when you feel like you're at least kind of stuck the landing on something especially Mm -hmm. what you wanted it to be you know you're like okay i kind of know where I want this to go. Um, and it came pretty quick too, which is always a good sign. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So that, and I like that it's got some weight. I needed the record to have a little weight too. I didn't want it to all feel too, that's the hard. I mean, I think that's one of the things I'm just proud of with this record is just, it just feels like a lot of subject material that I don't really spend a lot of time on usually. Well, and that was something I was going to ask you about. And I wondered if it was like, if I was just, imagining it or what but knowing your catalog as well as i do there's a sadness Mm. in some of these songs that is new Mm. that is honestly like refreshing to me because it feels very like um 
raw. It sa- it, yeah. it it feels raw, and it feels like it's coming from a very like raw yeah. and real place. Yeah, is that real? A thousand percent. I, and yeah. again, that's that was a big takeaway for me with them. Is I feel like. They've got some genius lyrics intermittently, for sure, for sure, for sure. But I don't think people. Ah, it's a hot take. I don't. I don't look at the Beatles as, you know, like Leonard Cohen or Bob Dylan or right, or, right. You know, like, super vulnerable. Or Taylor, you know, from Dawes for our generation or Taylor Swift or Taylor Swift, the T Swift. Um, how many? How many mentions can we? Unless get? I know, just yeah, yeah. maybe the algorithm picks yeah. it up. Um, I th- that's something I like. They just do, it. it Personally, I'm not going to the Beatles for lyrical profundity. Right. There is amazing lyrical profundity in there. Uh, to me, it's a little more intermittent than other bands. But they do have this ability to make things feel that way musically, that when they're tied to the lyrics, you may not just read the lyrics and be like, that's the deepest thing I've ever read. Mm-hmm. Some of them are. But something about putting Blackbird to the music suddenly is like wildly profound and deep. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like if you read Blackbird singing the Dead of Night, you know you think that's a that's like broken. Take these broken. Oh, that's cool, broken wings. You know, but you're not going to yeah. be like Re- just reading it. I'm going to read this the me- melody, cry, right? Yeah. But the minute that you hear the melody to it, and then you realize he's talking about the struggle of African American people in the '60s, you're like, holy cow, that's profound, right? Uh-huh. So I think for me, it was this really nice combination of going like. I, I, and two, like they just talk so much about, they just didn't want to overthink things. They just wanted to go be heartfelt. And so right. for me, I think it probably I show my hand a little more than I probably realize I do. In that I was just trying not to think too much and just to f- sing what I was feeling. Yeah. And so I think a lot more than I'm probably used to doing came out that way. Yeah. You know, I it I like it. Yeah. On Thanks. you, I I I like those are the songs that you know initially when you sent the sent the list mm-hmm. the the playlist out i was like oh man yeah like put these on there yeah, yeah this is like a new this is like a new uh angle on yeah you, on that it's not it's not something i'm used to and it's something that i don't think i um i don't fe- i don't feel like i'm good at it so i don't tend to do it much and i think something about these songs held it in a way that I was like, oh, these work. It doesn't feel like me trying to trying to be that way. You know what I mean? Like, let me write a sad song. Or let me be really honest about something. It's yeah. just kind of like, yeah, this just feels like it works in this context. Yeah. And, and it, it wasn't too over-baked. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Where I was like, I'm not thinking about this too much. It's just like, I don't know. It feels right. Just like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that... Uh... I'm glad they made the cut. Um, specifically, Girl with the Weight, mm. Know the Way Back Home, I don't like sleeping without you. And then this me without us is like mm. just heartbreaking. I, yeah. I, I know that it sounds like it's, it's like it is a love song, but there's like an, is it a bonus track? Is it going to be released? Yeah. Is yeah, it, is it yeah. out with like on no, Friday? No, but I, I like, I like talking about this cause it gets people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're going to do, we've got those, I think three that didn't make the, initial that we're going to release there's an ache in that song that i'm like yeah oh man i feel that like and and mm-hmm. like yeah it's that mu- it's funny because it's i just think that music does half the job it's like you know when you find certain chord progressions which again this is just me like learning from the from the four of those guys you know you find these chord progressions or chords you haven't used and all of a sudden you're like oh my god this is like pinging the middle of my heart in some way that 
other music hasn't sort of made me want to think about this stuff before. Yeah. I think, too, it's just like, how do you say new things? How do you say the same things in new ways, too? It's a little bit like, how how can you write a love song that's not a love song, which I feel like I don't like sleeping without you is. You know, it's like... Yep. It's a weird way to say that I love you, but it that it is what it is. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yep. So that's fun, too. It's really, really... It's awesome. Um, there were... Let's see, dude. Haley with a heart, the um, like like a wallet chain is such a great visual, <laughs> and like uh, like how did that like wh- again? How- I just man, that that is where they, when, especially when they got into their sort of acid trippy phase. There's just so much of that stuff that they're so good at. You think yes. about like, um, you think about like Penny Lane and some of the imagery there, and like they they just. That was that, you know. There's a few things I was like, I gotta do this at some point on some song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 that was that imagery was like, I want to do that weird like, what is happening? But it it may it like makes sense, yeah. you know, because like you you know, did the image of Wallet Chain happen first, or like did you know what you wanted to to where you wanted to go with that, or was it one of those things that like, oh, it rhymes with hand grenade. And like, what, what wallet chain, what's that? Oh, like how, you know what I mean? Like what, like what came Wall- first? Wallet there? chain came first. Okay. And that, that was, you know, man, it's like when you're looking for anchor lyrics, it's so fun because once you get one, you're like, oh, it, it's on. That's, uh, that's Let's it. Let's go. And yeah. so once I had that, I was like, oh, that's going to be what I do. It's just these really bizarre things that, but actually sort of makes sense. And uh-huh. it was, that song was so much fun, right? I think too, that song is fun to me because I wanted a chorus. I'm like, I, we need a sing along chorus that you don't think, but the verses you kind of think a little bit, uh-huh. you know. And so, trying to write something that's really, you know, it's. A, I mean, that's another theme in the Beatles music. It's just like it's okay, everything's okay. They yep. they talk about that so much. Yep. And I was like, I, I want to do that too. I want to reaffirm. Like that's what sunshine is. That's yep. what Haley. I just want to be like, it's gonna, it's it's gonna work out. It's gonna like, be it's, okay. It's okay. It's yeah. okay. And so I think that was especially fun because you're doing a little bit of that little smoke and mirrors where the verses actually have some uh-huh. not profundity, but you know, just a little bit of interest. Yeah. And then the choruses suddenly are like, oh, I know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> like, we'll be I can do that. Yeah. Even though the chorus is really fun because it does that full step down key change, you know, which was really fun and weird. Man. Um. And and so there's still some things happening there that you're kind of like, oh, that's making me feel so uh-huh. Which especially singing over "It's All Right" to have such a dramatic change happens while you're singing that. Yes, it's really interesting to me. Was it was it hard to like si- like sing that like sing those melodies and like not like in in tune like in, oh like were you just writing them was hysterical? Yeah, you're like, you're like, what is that melody again? Like I would have to do that. I'd have to record a melody to be like. Okay, you got to remember what that is. Yeah, you know. Were there any of the songs that like took on a totally different like? I, I know that you had everything like mapped out like when you went into the studio, which is a huge feat because when you listen to the record, you're like, dude, there's so much going on here. It just mm-hmm. y- you can, you know, the fact that you had a lot of like most all of that mm-hmm. done. Was there any song that like took on a totally different life or the, like the two? Yeah. The two that did. And, and this is really kudos to shy. This is, I mean, someday this all makes sense. You know, again, I was like, let's do this Eleanor Rigby, not the way I've done it. And so he was obviously really instrumental and in, that's funny, but like, <laughs> and, and sort of turning it into a symphonic thing. Yep. Um, we know the way back home. 
I mean, it was so funny because we cut that and it was cool. And I was like, okay, but man, it's just not, I need something that pulls this thing together Mm -hmm. that makes it a little more music, musically interesting. And that was just shy. I mean, sitting with him and kind of going, okay, we have the bones for this thing. I just need something that, where's the meat of it? And he, and he and I sitting down and me kind of, you know, and that's the great thing about the Beatles. I go, I'm not thinking mother nature's son. I'm thinking like this. And he'd be like, uh, like this kind of part, you know, shy. He'd sit there for a second. He's always so quiet, you know, mm-hmm. and then he'd play something genius. Um, and that was what was, that was what was tricky about being in the studio. Because so was it a piano thing? It was a piano thing. And so uh, that, that sort of, ding, ding, ding. yeah, that whole thing you hear him doing in that song God. was us working out a part that really made sense, which is so much of his genius, mm-hmm. you know, and again, he loves the Beatles, know the Beatles, so the reference point was It was easy. Exact. Yeah, you were yeah. speaking the same language. Um, and so that, that one really shifted. Cause you know, man, it was like, that one was kind of living on the edge for me of like, is this going to make sense or not? And then once we did that, I, it became, it really is still probably one of my favorite songs because it has such a strong, melodic, that part he plays is just so, and it feels so weird to mm-hmm. me still because it feels like you know where it's going and then all of a sudden what he does and adds is like this really weird left turn over what the rest of the band is doing. And so it's like, you know, those two were like pretty radical shifts from what I had sort of planned. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But, uh, but is it safe to say that like 98% of what we hear was like you had kind of mapped it out? Oh, yeah, 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 like extensively. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, even to the point where like, you know, Tony Lacito who played bass was like, you know, there were a couple of songs like, why am I retracking this? Yep. And it was like, well, because you, you're going to play it tighter and, uh-huh. and I like your bass sounds more than what I'm doing. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And then he would add obviously his little yep. things and... Um, and I mean like that, that, uh, the verse part, his verse bass playing on remember when is so freaking cool. Oh, like, I did not so write cool. that. You it's know, so cool. I was like, do something here. And he's yep. like, and again, like think Paul, like think adventurous, uh-huh. have fun. And he's like, Oh, okay. You know, what, where was it? Did you follow it all the way to like, inst- like, like the instruments that, the band was playing too. Like, what were they? Was he playing a? He played, a yeah, on, yeah, he a did. lot of it, yeah. Okay. Um, and then you know, and I told the guys, and that was what was so fun, I think, for them is me going, "Hey, this is what we're doing," and sent them all the songs ahead of time, and we're kind of like, "Hey, learn these parts or ignore that. That's just a throwaway yep. baseline, whatever." But I think for them too, I mean, they came in, you know, they were okay, they I were kind of like, guitar. I brought this kid. I brought that. Very snare, intentional. Brought, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you know, man, if you're a professional musician. There's a 98% chance you like the Beatles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally. So I think when you get to tell those guys, like, hey, reference all that stuff that you know so well. Yep. You know, it's really fun. Okay. So, um, what are the uh, pros and cons of doing a record, uh, like, writing and producing it by yourself? Like, what, what are yeah. some, what are some things that are like, um, th- this is the benefit of, of approach of doing a record this way. I think it is really fun because it's just ripping and running. Mm-hmm. Like that's a huge bonus. You're just going. There's yep. nobody that's like, eh, or like, well, we sure. Um, so that's really fun. Um, it's, it's unbelievably rewarding. It's like the holy redeemed version of work to me. When you see a vision that you have come to completion, yes. that's good. That is just like, you're just taking a little bit of the garden back. <laughs> you know, you're like, we're making it the way God intended. So that's really rewarding. Um, I think what's really hard about it, though, is man, is it easy to get backwards? 
and to just sort of feel like I don't know where I am. Right. What is happening? Yep. Is any of this good? Lose perspective. Oh my gosh, which weighs a up. tremendous amount of lost perspective. Uh-huh. And so I think every now and then popping my head up and going like, and either sending them to y'all or Dustin or, you know, just kind of going like, am I, what am I, you know, like you just get so in the middle of it. Um, and you know, Micah talks was so helpful. Like Micah, even though he mixed it, he really was so helpful in some of the songs of me going like, this is missing something, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And he'd go, yeah, why don't you add like another guitar? Or he'd be like, hey, I actually have an idea. I'll just throw down an extra cool. piano thing. Um, so he was unbelievably helpful. But that is really tricky. It's, yeah. it's hard not for me to not sort of at some point in the process kind of feel like, what am I doing? Like, this may, you, you may have answered this, but like, uh, this may be a separate thing. What's the heaviest lifting? What's the part that you would like farm out? Electric guitars. Okay. A thousand percent. Okay. It is always, on every record I've ever produced myself, that is always the part I don't know what it should be in the song. Uh-huh. It's always the part. It's never keys, bass, drums, definitely not. In my acoustic parts, it is the, at some for some reason, electric parts to me are just like this weird, like, space in my brain. Yep. Now, remember when I, I wrote the song that Based part is how hook. I wrote it. Yep. Yeah. So cool. that was different. And that was awesome to feel like. Yep. And Chris was like, oh, dude, I'll just play stuff around. It'll be fun. Cool. But, you know, the rest of them, I, and I wouldn't even really know how to guide them sometimes. Yeah. It's just something about electric guitars to me that are, I think I respect them so much and they tend to be the hook part uh-huh. that I'm always like, Gee. you know, like, yep. I don't know. Yeah. You know, and George's parts, I mean, they are from Neptune yeah. so many times. So it's hard to try to, think like how would you think it's like how would he think i'm like i don't know that's why he's a genius yeah it's like holy cow that's weird and awesome yeah you know so that to me was like i have no clue no clue what to tell you um that's That's why chris knocks that stuff out because he's you know donnegan who played electric on the record he's just that is he is so wonderfully awesome so you would say that like a lot of the electric parts were were yeah, yeah he, I mean, they he, were yeah they were not stuff that I had down on yep. most of the songs. Um, yeah, that I think you've answered that question. Okay, we're we're getting close to the end. Yeah, let's do it. Um, you know I'm having a blast sequencing the album. Yeah, tell me about that because because it's not how dude I would have. Are you ready to have your brain split open? Yeah. Dude, this I get so pumped talking about this. Okay, so I texted Micah talks. I'm so glad you asked about this. Thank you for asking about this because this is this is maybe the coolest part. Okay, one of the coolest things ever. So I've got the songs like you. I'm going like, how in the world do you do? I make this make sense? Yeah. So I did a thing where I was like, all right, let's do it by subjects, and it was like, okay, love, um, heartbreak, um, happy, up. <sighs> it doesn't really make okay. Yeah. Keys. Um, are any like leading into keys? Could I do that? Okay, that's kind of an interesting thing. But you knew surely that remember when was the, the no, first? No, 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 because oh, because I was like, do we start with like sunshine? So it's like, uh huh. Because two, I thought about the intro, like how do the songs literally sound starting. So when you, bleh, I was yep. like, that's a cool way to, or like, uh-huh. you know, like, yep. Because I was really cognizant of that. I was like, I need intros that are, you know, that was enough. That was, I mean, this is a whole. Other, Thing, but that was another part of writing these songs. I was like, I just love that the Beatles so many times started. Strawberry Fields is a great example. There's just so many songs that start in ways that you're like, um, what? That never happens again. Why did y'all do that? Yeah. You know what I mean, so I was like, I want every song to start in a way 
that you kind of feel like, oh, it's like, that was fun. You yep, know? yep. Um, so, you know, finally text Mike. I'm like, dude, I need help here, man. I've got three different sequences, probably five. I yep. don't know what in the heck to do. Yep. And he was like, all right. And so he's kind of sent it back. So all of a sudden, I was like, you know what? Why don't I just reference the Beatles records? And dude, you want to have your brain freaking filleted open. Okay. This, this is... This is... Uh, <laughs> I, I can't, it was so much fun to end my journey on this revelation because it was just such a fun thing to think about. Okay. So if you think about their records, I started looking at them. It's like, how did they lay their records out? Like just out of fun, right? Yeah. So we're looking at Rubber Soul. It starts with Drive My Car. So I would call a dominant seven, yep. you know, rock song. Yeah. Then it goes to Norwegian Wood, which is this artsy, weird as crud yep. song. I yep. mean, it has, you are in the major key on the verses, uh-huh. the same key but minor on the choruses. Weird, Weird artsy song that's Weird. amazing. Third song is You Won't See Me, which is kind of a, oh, I'm back in. I kind of know what we're yep. doing here. Then Nowhere Man, which is weird as crud, right? Yep. And then as the record picks up, it kind of, it still stays weird, but it also kind of like, suddenly like, it kind of gets its flow. You're yep. like, oh, yep. okay, no, I'm looking through you, girl, yep. what goes on? So B, the, side, the B side, it feels a little like. Yes, it's a little, okay, let's look at, let's look at Revolver. First song is Taxman. Again, dominant seven rock song. Uh-huh. Song two, Eleanor Rigby. Weird, artsy, cool song. Whoa. Third song, I'm Only Sleeping, which is, again, kind of weird. Love You Too, Hear That Everywhere, The Yellow Submarine, kind of picks up. But they start those two that way, right? Yep. <laughs> this is, dude, this is just unbelievable to me. So, you keep going back. Uh, Sergeant Pepper. Sergeant Pepper, Lonely Hearts Club Band. Dominant seven rock song. Whoa. As the first song. Second song, with a little help of my friends, a little more approachable. Uh-huh. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds is track three, though. Okay. I mean, that is a weird freaking song yep. with maybe the best pop chorus of all time. Okay? So you start realizing on these albums, Magical Mystery Tour, again, rock song is the first song. The Fool on the Hill, slow, artsy, pretty song. Huh. So they have this pattern, I realized, Back in the USSR, starts with a rock song. Yes. A white album starts with a rock song. Wow. Second song, Dear Prudence, weird song. There is something to their catalog. I mean, dude, Come Together is a little bit of an anomaly, but still, a, I would call it a rock song. Okay. Right? Yeah, you totally. Know? Second song, something. Slow, cool, weird. Whoa. It, dude, I, it was like- Oh, my god! I freaked out. I called Mike. I was like, you need to sit down. I have something that's going to blow your stinking mind. Yeah. And so what's cool about it is I was suddenly like, oh, well, then I know how it starts. It starts with the my dominant seven rock song. Well, yeah. And goes to some, like, goes to uh, Someday This Will Make Sense because that's the Eleanor Rigby of this record. It's the yep. weird, cool, artsy, but yeah. pretty cool song. Yep. And then it was fun because it was like, oh, oh. And the thing for me, and I'll say this to, to sum that thought up, the thing that was fun about it to me was, they once again taught me something, and it was this. We are trying, when you listen to our records, to do something aggressively to you. <laughs> we are. Like, this is not about fear. It's not about, we just want you to like it. It is about, this is what we are doing. Wow. And we are going to do it to you. Uh-huh. And I think, I think you're going to love it. Yep. But it's not going to be conventional. Yeah. It's not like hit them with the first three, yeah, let, we got gotcha. Let it happen. And, and, and so for me, it was so fun because I was like, oh, yeah, because I think the song I'm probably the most proud of on the whole record is, is the second song. 
it's the coolest, artsiest, weirdest yeah. thing I've probably ever done. And so I was like, doing, like I'm like, track six, seven, that feels safe. And then it was like, well, that's not what they did. They were like, uh-uh. It's the track second two. thing you're hearing. Yep. Like, we get you with the first one. We get that we kind of need you to come in and uh-huh. kind of go, okay. This way. And then, and then boy, buckle up, because this is when it gets weird. <laughs> Dude, yeah, because I, when I was listening, I was like, that, I texted you. I was like, is this the, is this the, and I was like, crap, I don't, I don't want to like, I don't want to, you know, uh, I, I was like, my, because traditionally it would have been, let's, let's hit him with a few, yeah. like, yeah. Let, let's keep the yeah. momentum going mm-hmm. or like, let's, let's, just up front, like like bam, 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 and then, but it was like, like whoa, that yeah. was a that was like a left turn, but yeah. like I so I knew I was like I was like I knew that there was it was a very deliberate move, yeah. and so well, and they and they did that, and again, I mean, if you look at the third track, you know, um, the girl with the weight of the world on her shoulders, that's to me, it lives in that space of uh-huh. strawberry fields. It's not the same thing, yeah, but you know, it's that same kind of cool weird energy, and so I was like, man, it's just so nice they left me this template that's like, oh no, like this is how we would, yep. Like, by the way, the back the background vocals on "Girl with the Weight" of are so beautiful. Thank you. And like, I'm so proud. And of those. very like orchestra, like very arranged. Bro, singing that, dude. I don't know that I've ever done anything in my life that was more. I had to think more about. Like, yeah. I had to. I, I you would have laughed. I should have recorded. You should have seen me singing those because it's changing keys. Oh yeah. And so it's like making sure that was the other thing that was so fun about again about this record is I was like, okay, because it was done. Like the record was kind of done before I sang those. And I was like, now one of the last things I'm going to do, because a signature thing with the Beatles is the BGVs. That is like, if they're known for anything, one of them is going to be BGVs and how cool and orchestrated and all of it is. So I was like, now I'm going to listen to the whole record again, a last time and go, is there anything else I can add just on a BGV level? So I would sit and listen to every record and go, okay, that song feels like, there's no holes that I need to fill. Uh-huh. And then I got to that song, and I was like, man, this is the lowest hanging fruit. I got to do something. So that was an 11th hour move. Oh, it was like 12th hour. Oh, my god! And so I sat here and was like, okay, well, you can do, like, of course, the BGVs, the ooze on the chorus. And I was like, but what would be really weird? And then I was like, oh, there's some melodies in my head. Whoa. And, but then, dude, singing them was a nightmare. I mean, it was hysterical. Man. Because I'm like, you know, mixolydian mode into – it was just kind of like – Oh my God, how, do, you know, I'm sitting with my guitar, like, is that, okay, no, that would be the passing tone. Okay, that works, you know, and like, okay. And it Whoa. was so, you talked about rewarding to your question earlier. It was just like, I got done with those BGVs and I was like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I was trying to do. And I it it's <laughs> so good. I mean, it's like, to me, it's like one of the most. Yeah, thanks. Like, uh, uh, What's the, what's the word? Like triumphant, like... For me, a thousand percent. Yeah, a it's... A thousand percent. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, it was really fun to, to figure that out. Um, um, what... So, this may be like a redundant question, but like, what does this album mean to you? God, I didn't even thought about that. Um, man, I think I'm just really... Is that the right word? I think I'm just really proud of it. I'm yeah. just kind of like... The thing that I... I feel so deeply is that I'm just so thankful that 20 something years into a career, there's that kind of gas still in the tank. Yeah. You know, that that I can, that I can make a record like this. It's like, wow, there is so much left to explore. Yeah. There's so much left to say. 
There's so much music. There's so much. And so I feel inspired. You feel like it's like extremely so. Yep. And so I think for me, I'm just, I think of it in a way that I'm just like, man, am I proud of this freaking record? Yep. You know, and I think what's so great in our, in our time and space that we live in is like, that is all that I can do, man. That's all you can do with well, your new record. And I was yeah. about to say, like that, like job done. That's like, it. Like, like, yeah. like, like end of, end of like story. Like yeah. high fives. Yeah. Um, you did. You did. You did yeah. it. Like yeah. you, you gave yourself to something that a brought you an immense amount of joy. Mm. That like challenged you like creatively oh, yeah. um that you saw through to completion in a in a way that like no no stone was left unturned like yeah. you you did it and the rest is like not up to you yeah and yeah. so like it's it's hard to then like let it's hard to take something that you care that you love and care so much about and we're in a weird space where like you know, we're like trying to commoditize mm-hmm. creativity, you yeah. know, and but like you've done your job. Yeah, thanks. I, I'm I'm really really thrilled for, and you know, it's like I feel like this about your new record. It's fun too when you make records like we've made, where you're really proud of them and you poured your heart into it, like you did yours, knowing that it's now out there forever. Yeah, and, and will people love it the first week and? whatever maybe uh yeah you know you know but man will five years from now somebody be like dude i just happened upon this record and i love it and either i didn't know who he was or i did i'm like i just love that i'm like now it's out there well aren't you excited to see which songs stick with Mm -hmm. people i mean which songs in five years people are like shout like requesting at Mm -hmm. shows that like you're like that's cool so cool you know like i was I was gonna play until you, yeah. But you just like, you just asked for yeah. girl with the weight of the world on her yeah. shoulders. Like, okay, yeah, um, yeah. It's it's yeah. I, I'm I'm. I know you feel the same about your new record. It's like, it's just that's a that's a fun feeling. I just love that it's like now it's out there and yep. whatever life it takes on is is there to be taken. And I've done my job and yep. That's all I can do. So, what do you hope for? What do you hope this record? What do you hope for this record? And what do you want people to experience? Yeah. Golly, that's such a good question. Um, I hope, I think initially, I want everybody to enjoy it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like, why would you make a record? You only want, like, two people to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, I want everybody to enjoy it. Um, I think what I especially hope is people who really love music, like people who, like, want to sit in a room and, like, get a glass of wine <laughs> they're of age, <laughs> they're, yeah. you know everything from like them sitting and just like I just want to listen to it's only like twenty four minutes or something it's really short in True Beatles fashion but like you know that they go man it just reminds me like things I love about music so I think that those people would love it I, you know I wrote it hopefully that families can enjoy it because you know these songs I want them to be able to sing and the yeah. kids would love but I think you know I just think. The people that really love music would love this record. That's that's probably, and I, and I hope that's not ostracizing to people who are like, eh, music's cool, but for me, if I was being honest, it'd be that people that like really love music would go, oh, dude, I just love that record. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And so that's, I think that's probably, um, you know, my biggest hope. George or John? 
Man, they're all just mutants. No, this is just rapid fire. George or John? Ah, shoot. Um, oh, that's so cheap. Uh, uh, they both were geniuses in ways that I think they can never be replicated. I will say that. And I'll, uh, John, for what? I'd probably, yeah, I mean, I'd have okay. to go John. John or Paul? This is mean. It's just a mean question. Um, it's going to get easier. Okay, good. Um, I think Paul is easier and more soluble to me. Mm-hmm. John, I probably have a weird more respect for. Okay. Is that okay? So if I was going to carry on to the next... <laughs> uh, I mean, Paul, probably, if I'm going to have to... Okay. Paul or Wurtz? <laughs> <laughs> These five hot takes. Yeah. yeah.